Ozzy the Sports Junkie here from the No Holds Barred with Ozzy and Jake podcast. Let me tell you something. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. Free is good. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. There's never been a better time to get your voice heard. And there's never been an easier way to do it than Anchor Podcast. They take all the legwork out of it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So check them out today. Get yourself heard. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Concept, how it works. And I think the winner gets like $15 million. Oh, that's not barely even worth getting out of bed for. I once found $15 million in my a sock drawer. Shush. I wish. I'm gullible, but not that gullible. If you had 15 million, what would you do today? 15 million? Today, what would you do? Today? Yeah. Uh, I'd probably send that money to my friends and family. God, you are, are you a saint? St. Jake. It's St. Jake's Day. Through Labor Day. It's St. Jake's Day. Here on the No Bard Podcast Extravaganza. So. It's, it's you're in for a treat. I can't believe you've never seen it. Uh, y'all, you boys ain't gonna say nothing. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> so, everybody grabbed a guitar and they jammed for two hours. Could you have, well, you know what he tried to do to uh, Engelbert Humperdinck? That's why he shot the TV. You know that? Remember the famous line? I saw Engelbert uh, Humperdinck. I was young guy. I think I was about 13. My parents took my sister and I to a trip to California and Vegas. And uh, we stayed at the time. It was the Frontier Hotel. Oh, nice. And we went to see, I don't know if it was at that hotel, but we went to see an Engelbert Humperdinck because he was the Tom Jones, like, light. He was a step below him. The, the, the lounge singer king of uh, you know, Vegas. Big sideburns like Tom Jones. The whole well, thing. If, it must, if you were a youngster, it must have been early 70s, late 60s. I thought it was probably 13, I think. So it was probably well, 71, could, 72. Couldn't 71. score two tickets to maybe uh, Buddy Hackett and Red Skelton? I don't know. I was a kid. I was thrilled to be. And they had landed the Giants. I think, I don't know if that was in California at Universal Studios or wherever we were, Disneyland at the time, or it still oh, is. The, 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 the adaptation of the movie? Yes. No, of the show. There was the Land of the Giants show. Oh, I meant, yes. And, and every. Every, everything there was humongous, chairs and stuff like that. I just remember that as a 13-year-old. Man. Uh, it was pretty unique, something you that really, was... really living the life. Living the life. Your pops must have been making a lot of money with a shakedown. He did well. He the did shakedown he ran there in, in the East he Five Boroughs. He had a collection agency for, uh, for, you know, until basically, basically before he retired and passed away. But uh, he gave presented my sister and myself and my mother uh, who helped out as well a very nice life it was really good i was gonna say great people loved him i I'm, mean really loved the great well today great is parents. labor day cheers to everyone who worked bust their ass like yourself yeah my you, father and my father fought, fought in the uh, korean war he was a sergeant and that's why my wife my mother and my uh, father got married after six months of a relationship she was 18 he was going uh, to San Diego to be trained and uh, they got married and they went out there together how about that, that was six he in months the Marines Army what was he it he was in the Army did he have a, uh, a uh, ceremonial burial from the Army he did not he had one from us the family was it a, a big turnout I mean obviously well, my friends, I had to fly up to New York because he was living up there. But anyway, uh, all good. Great, great parents. Love them very much. And they'll, I'll be in, you know. Uh, Probably why you're wondering I brought you here today. Come on in, you guys. I don't want to cry. We're going to finally have that ceremony for the senior Jacobson. No, I'm sure he was a great guy. Herbert, he was in the Army, too. Herbert Stanley Jacobson. This show is dedicated to Herbert Stanley and all the fine people workers of America, like you. Isn't today or Friday was your first day off in a year and a half or something? Uh, no, it was six months. February 6th, my day off was a colonoscopy. And then I went away to have a day off. Yeah. Jump, shove it up your ass. I know. And then Speaking it, of Gilbert Humperdinck. So the, and then uh, I had Friday off, which I did the, uh, the Pat oh, Allen show. What a, what a performance. Let's go. Uh, let's kill the taps. No offense. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get it. The irony. Um, <laughs> I, what a show you put on with young Aaron. And I have to tell you, I was listening to some, I found an old tape of myself on the Scott and Jake show years ago. I don't know how the hell I came across it. I just popped it in. I didn't surprise it even worked. And you sound amazingly, that was 15, almost 20 years ago. You sound almost identical to Aaron sounds now. Yeah, it would have but to you be, still sound the same. It would have to be between 50. I started in 1999. We ended this show in 2005. We got back together again three years later after my stint on the uh, Jones and Crane show. Right. But uh, good stuff. I want to hear that, by the way. I want you to send it to me. But we, but we got a lot of talk about it. It's no holds barred. Yeah, Ozzy and Jake. That one. It's in podcast form, I think, on 620. You can go and find it. 
They the would, show. Oh, yeah, Friday's show? Yeah. yeah. They record it. In a, yeah, you go to uh, 620 WDAE, you hit the uh, the menu bar, we'll say podcast, click that on, look for Pat and Aaron, boom, look for, uh, I think it was September 4th. He's got to be in hog heaven up there. You talk, Tampa Bay Talk, sport, Sports Talk Radio. There's never been a be- there's never been a better time to be a Tampa Bay fan than today. No, you know Ever. We, we talked about that, and here's the thing: other than football, and things can change because the NFL starts on Thursday, and the Buccaneers start against the Saints, which is a great matchup in a place that's not going to have anybody, uh, the Dome. So it's going to be weird to watch that, but it could be a legitimate season. We don't know until we figure out whether or not anybody gets in how the teams deal with it. Buccaneers say that the first two games will not have fans, but then they're not not—they're opening their options for after that. I, for I for, for 15000 I heard. Is that what it is? I hope that, they, that they're not steadfast on no fans all season. Let's see. Maybe things will get better. I think you play things by ear, exactly. um, but you have to limit the fans coming in and how, you know, make sure they come in with the mask. Once they sit in their seats and they're spread Six out properly, take off the, uh, unless it's with your family. I'll, I'll, sit, the the I'll sit in a 60,000-seater with Mask, gloves, a face shield. I would. Yeah, if it, but no, but you know what? If everybody will do that, but you know, and again, we're not going politics today, right? But, and we're going to try to veer away from, from now on. But you know that there are going to be people out there that are, are going to refuse to wear the mask, and that's why you got to limit because you're going to have that disagreements and you're going to have fights. People are going to be freaking out and bump. They call those people places. dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Just, you know, if you want to go, go to... Look, if they have a concert, I wouldn't go. But if they said, if you go, everybody has to have the mask and you can't take it off unless you're in a bathroom stall right. where you have some space. Uh, in that case, I can understand people going. I don't know if I would, but at least if everybody would... You know, go to the rules, buy the rules, and I think we could work this thing out. You've seen the numbers since the mask implementation, not across the board, but more than not in this country. The numbers in Florida, we're, we're on the downside. If you would I, thought, hope, if, I hope it in, continues. In, in Publix, it's pretty good. Uh-huh. Occasionally, you get somebody who will refuse because we will offer people uh, a customer service. Every Publix sure. will offer you a mask if you come in without it. It's very rare where you do, but there are some people that are dead sent it's like, okay, screw you. Then that's a political um, It's not American. And I would say this. If you are asked not to smoke in a place, you don't smoke, right? Even sure. if you're a smoker and you can't take it and you need it, you step outside and you smoke outside. It's the same thing with the mask. Inside, wear the mask. Outside, take it off. I still can't believe it's 2020 people still smoke cigarettes. <laughs> It's so disgusting. Well, if you ever watch, did you watch the? Uh, you did watch the movie yesterday. The uh, yes, where yes. the guy blacks out. Unreal, from a, unreal flick. The Earth goes uh, black for twelve seconds, and during that time, he has an accident. He wakes up. Nobody knows who the Beatles are. But during the, if you haven't seen it, I'll give you a few little things about it. You have to watch it because it's a very cute, well-written story. It's kind of a love story and everything. Oh, excuse me. It's okay. Beatles. I love my Beatles. There. So, um, Beatle friendly show today. There are little things where you have to find out how he finds out that nobody knows who the Beatles are. Right. And during the course of the movie, there are certain things like he goes to his mother, can I have a Coke? And the mother goes, what's a Coke? Because she offered him a Pepsi. Oh. So they didn't have, when he wakes up, not only didn't they know about the Beatles, they end up not knowing about Coke. There were a few other things that... Coca-Cola was around in the 60s? No. In the, you saw the movie yesterday, right? Remember, he blacks out. That's okay. When he wakes up, the whole world blacks out. And when he wakes up, nobody knows who the Beatles is except him. Man. So it finds out, his mother asked them after the accident, would you like a, a Pepsi? He goes, no, I'd prefer Coke, and she has no idea what a Coke is. And there's also a reference to cigarettes, where they didn't know what cigarettes were. So there were a few things in the movie that you will pick up that not only were the Beatles not recognized by anybody else but him, but some of these other products. How about the regional dialect of a soda? I call it a soda. You want a soda, Jake? What would you call it, a pop? My mom no, no, it no, no. Pop. In New York, pop was non-existent. Well, that's Chicago, it's pop. It's, it's more of, I think, a... A, um, a Middle Eastern, a Middle Eastern, a Midwest. Total Midwestern thing, because my mom says that. Honey, want a pop? That's my mom now, bitching. About I think the like pop. the heartland of America, Nebraska, would call it a pop. Oklahoma, yeah. Arkansas, in New York, and I'm from Chicago. I never called it a pop, but I still call it. You want a soda? No, I want or that, or I want a Coke. I, I, I seven up. I would just call it by its name. I'll have a Fanta or an orange. A buddy of mine, I won't name names, Kelly. I've known him some, since high school. <laughs> Kelly? Yeah, he will now. You'll love this guy. He. Uh, world-renowned metal singer, and we're writing some stuff together. He's about to get ready to go on uh, world, a European headlining tour. Canceled because of the COVID. So I get to the point, though. He's drank Mountain Dew exclusively since high school. I said, he ever mix it up a little bit? Is he overweight? 
Now he's as skinny as a stick. Could, well, he could afford he's to even, then. He's even switched to Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> Unchilled. Ish. First off, I go. Oh, disgusting. I said, man, do you ever like feel like living it up? Because we'll stop or something. I got him working with me. And he's working his ass off. And uh, he, uh, you know, at the fountain drink, he got 45,000 choices. Especially now you can mix up Coke and pep, uh, vanilla, cherry, whatever. Oh, the, the flavor. Oh, they're the best. While my guitar gently weeps. And while my soda gently goes down my gullet. I can't ever have the same soda twice. I like grape soda. I like, I like root beer. I like Sprite. I like Mountain Dew. I like cru- uh, orange, Fanta, Fago. You name it, I love ginger, ginger ale. My life has been... Like, I cut things off. When I was growing up, I always had soda. My, my, my cousin up in Spring Valley, New York, always had bottles and bottles of Coke. So that's when I drank that. At home, I preferred 7-Up. Occasionally, I wanted a Fanta orange. Remember oh. the Fanta oranges? And sometimes a grape drink. Or the Dr. Brown's cream soda. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, these are top quality. But there was a point in my life, like biting nails, where I just cut it out. The sugar and soda, I figured, really? you know, I didn't want to get fat. So I went to seltzer, mixing it with, like, lemonade and Gatorade and stuff like that. I got a problem. I got a you problem. Got a with problem? The, yeah, with the grocery store industry, and you might be able to get me inside and maybe get me somebody an answer on this. Good. I used to buy orange or raspberry flavored seltzer in two liter bottles. I'd buy them all the time, and I switched to the same thing as you. I got off soda because I drank seltzer water, and they're two liter bottles like a buck. Same price. As yeah, it's, Publix is cheap. Now they only have the single liter. They have two liter bottles, and it's unflavored. Uh, well, that. Old man Publix on the line. Well, I do the liters anyway because I want to, uh, even though we drink it and it's it's going to be gone if I got the two liters, but just in case, I, I don't want it to go flat. Well, I, because I like to uh, have it over on well, the rocks, I, if you will. This is what you do. Uh, I can't tell you if it's been stopped automatically or some stores won't, uh, you know, don't hold it because maybe they're not selling it. It's right. not, it wasn't being sold, so why put it on the, uh, on the shelves? Ask them if they have it, and if they do, ask them to order it for you. Very good question. Very good input. They do have. They've shaken up the canned seltzer game. Is off the chain, off the charts. There's, uh, for instance, Win Dixie and Publix. There's like thirty-five thousand cans, but the cans are like seven dollars. Let me tell you something. I like a two-liter bottle for a dollar. Get the uh, these. And, and as much as I love the song of the Beatles, you can you can flip it. There's a two two. I know it's great. All right, George Harrison guitar and and Eric we'll Clapton. A little music more intensive in the band in the. Uh, and we're gonna get to uh, the, the mainstay where we were going with that. And now I oh San there's a San Pellegrino. Uh, it's a combination of uh, I guess seltzer and a a real there's two uh, flavors. It's like real orange juice mixed in it and real lemon and lime mixed in it. How much is that? Eighty five dollars yeah, a bottle. It's a six keg and I think it goes for like three. Ninety-nine. Really? You gotta try because it would be like you shaking up a regular orange juice, Tropicana, pouring it in with seltzer. That's how it tastes like. And the lemon lime one is it is like freshly squeezed in there, so it's real tarty. It's unbelievable. Well, if you really like a real flavor uh, seltzer drink, get the San Pellegrino again. It comes in a specific can, and it's called like orange Eka, and one is called lemon lime lemon or lemon. No, L I M Lyman. Yeah, it's like a it's a Spanish spelling, I think. Try it. L I M O N. San Pellegrino. It's very, very good. I went to school with him. His, okay. His family owned a pizza place downtown. All right. Now, All you, right. now you were talking about uh, yes. again the yes. the, the, the Tampa Bay now. What we're seeing. With the hub. And my analogy on uh, Friday on with uh, uh, Pat was out, so I was filling in for him with Aaron. Dynamite. And my uh, analogy was 1969 in New York. The Mets won the World Series, the Knicks won the NBA championship, the Jets won the Super Bowl, and the Rangers lost in the Stanley Cup Finals at the time to the Bruins. And he said, yeah, but you had two teams. And I said, no, I I don't even know if I said this on, but I'm telling you now, in 69, the Nets were in the ABA. The football, yes, they had the Giants, uh, Mets had the Yankees. And hockey only didn't have the Islanders. So two of the teams really didn't have any um, any competition of the four. But what does that matter? I don't even know what that mattered, that there were two teams to root for. But the know, fact is, three teams won it, and one team went to the finals and lost. Boston has had a great run of late. They've had a couple of years where the Patriots and Red Sox have won it, and the Bruins, I think. Freaking Fernandez. Is yeah. just, I said, enjoy it. Enjoy it, because all you can go is down from now. Yeah. But, all you can go is down. But what you're talking about now is bringing up the football season could have a hindrance and an asterisk, if because we don't know what's going to happen if anybody gets COVID, if they're going to shut things down, if they're going to have to fill in a week. But baseball is a 60-game se- season. They put it in on the run after a four-month hiatus. 
Christmas. Basketball and hockey were like three quarters filled, still fighting for a position, and they kind of zapped it together after four months. So it's kind of a it's it's exciting, and it's if you're involved, I get it, but. I don't know if it's a true, true championship. Oh, the baseball thing. I, if the Rays were to uh, win that thing, that's a big, fat asterisk. It's a two-month season. Two months, on. and teams having to play multiple, multiple, multiple doubleheaders because right. of having to take the COVID time off. Yeah, I, I gave, I mean, I'll give a, a tip of the hat whoever wins in it, and God bless if it's the Rays. Hey, this area behind it. Who would have ever thought, though, Jake Jacobson, in September in Florida, were hockey crazy, and the I won't even say the word, but the trophy that's given away at the end of the season. This place is going to go crazy with no fans or no fans, and it sucks in a way, in a huge way, that they they don't get to go to New Long Island enough enough because those fans have been dying for anything to 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 to, their, to hang their hat on, and now they got an Eastern Conference Final. Twenty seven years since they've been oh, in the Eastern man, Conference Final. You know that there's hardcore fans out there. And I, they, and I they, married one out there. They, I mean, they love their Islanders, and they arguably with the Canadians of their uh, hype days oh and, God, and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, of their time, winning four Stanley Cups in a row is um, very hard to beat. The Garden City uh, Hilton. And I was talking to somebody about the scam job. The guy, remember the guy tried to buy the Islanders with no money? That's one of the greatest stories ever. If you've ever seen the ESPN 30 for 30, check that out. This guy, Spanos, he tried to buy him with no money, and he damn near pulled it off. But they love their Islanders, and it's going to be a great series. But here's, how, here's the thing I think that the Islanders – or I should say the Lightning, are going to benefit in this series against the Islanders and whoever they play from the Western Conference, Jake, is that Cooper's all about concentration and focusing and focusing. And you can't get any more focused than hotel, corridor, arena, corridor, hotel, back to bed. There's no angry arenas. There's no flying hotels. There's none of that. You are sequestered, and it's hockey, hockey. And you know what they do on their day off? They go sit in the suites and watch the other teams play. Well, so they, they get you, direct coach. They don't need scouting reports. They see with their own eyes. The, both, as I said, uh, my feelings on NBA and NHL and baseball and all that is kind of asterisk fraudulent, but it's still fun. Oh, if your Rangers were in it, you'd be a little more happy. Of course I would, but I understand the you know the situation where yeah. we're at. It's kind of. It's I thought a, hockey of all the of all the majors. I thought hockey was the biggest joke. They shouldn't have even done it. They've done a good job. With They've it, done though. an unbelievable job. I think it's maybe the most entertaining well, to watch of the four. I'll tell you, the NBA has done a real good job too. They have even with the virtual. Fans, it, I mean, Love which is virtual kind of, fans. It's it's all right, but I mean, it just it, the atmosphere has been pretty good. How do you think the virtual fan base is picked? Are those season ticket? Holders? I don't know how it works because they're real people. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. I can't believe nobody's jumped the gun on that and like whipped out their. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was just thinking that, but I so you know the Islanders, um, they have. What, you know, they lost uh, what's his name a couple of years ago to uh, Toronto in the trade because he wanted more money. A great, great scorer, John Tavares. Tavares went to the. the uh, yeah, he went to Toronto, Toronto. And, and he has not been as good. And the team had so much talent, but they have not reached the level of expectations, which I, I I thought they were, and I think a lot of people who watch hockey as well. But the Islanders have a guy, and you're gonna, you know, you might have heard of him, uh, Matt Barzell. You'll get to know him. You will get to. He he is a stud. And he can do, and he can fly, flat out fly, scoring. He is a phenomenal player, and that's the key there. Other than you know, they've gotten overall good goaltending as well. Uh, but watch Matt Barzell; he is phenomenal for the Islanders. But the fact that the Lightning have been to four, this is the fourth Eastern Conference Final in six years. So the advantage for experience, hands down, goes absolutely, to the Lightning. absolutely. But. Uh, didn't they? Excuse me, we brought this up last show, but I uh, ruined it. But all we, my no, we heard the show because it was ridiculousness. On. If you could try, if you could decipher through all the shit noise, they had a guy stam something, coast somebody. I think he makes like fourteen, twenty-eight million a year. Third highest player in hockey. It sure oh, would be great! It sure would be great if we had our highest paid player in franchise history leading the way. I don't know if he's got a strained foot or maybe he's got a guilty conscience. I, that really irritates me, but you know what it takes to win a, a cup, Jake? It takes a hot goalie, check. It takes a little bit of firepower, and they're getting a lot of firepower from the defenseman. How about Hedman showing up at the blue line, just bombs away? So I think they got what it takes, and would I take – I would. they're as close as to a full season as – well, obviously baseball, a two-month season, that's not even – that's a spring training in an opening month. That's a two-month season. That's nothing. That's a third of the season. The Lightning played pretty much a whole season if you put it all together. 
Yeah, but yeah, again, you had four months off. Well, I know like the, Bru- the Bruins lock, uh, lost, what's his name? Uh, Tuka Rask. Sure. because he opted out to go back home to be with I his family. I still think they would have got by. I think the Lightning were the better team, and I think they're the best team in the East. And I, I'll, be, I'll go ahead and say it. I think the Lightning are going to probably wind up, hopefully, hoisting. And I'll take it. I'll take it all day long as a Tampa Bay fan because we don't get that very much around here. But what a bizarre, bizarre time to be a Tampa Bay fan. And, all, you know, you mentioned 69 in, in, in New York. What are my – when I hear 69 Mets and, and uh, Jets, you know, I think, Jake, I'm thinking of Joe Namath coming off the field number one yeah. and all the fans. And I'm thinking of the fans, the last catch of center field, and Tommy Agee, and they all flood around and the fans go on the field. The fans. And there's nothing we can do about it today. But fans make sports, let's face it. If there was no fans, sports wouldn't exist. It's an entertainment. Sure, we watch it on TV, but the fans going to New York for Game Four, going oh two, ah. they got it to go to they're coming out to Tampa. The Lightning are one game from a, the the yeah. cup finals, and the and the fever pitch you feel it through the TV. But they do the best job that they, they can. They, they really have. They've adapt, adapted to it on TV, so I'm still enjoying it. Uh, and, and you brought up Stamkos. And they can win without him. It shows that they have so much freaking talent on this team. And, yes, some of the guys we talked about, McDonough's getting older, but he's a great locker room guy. Um, So you have these situations. You had a couple guys retired from that Ranger trade with Martin St. Louis, like Callahan and Girardi. But they are are stacked with people who have been there before, stacked to have been part of this team for for years, and they're still young enough to win. And with Stamkos in a trade, they can get a player and they get a a high draft pick. Just – you know, it's just a matter of whether or not you want to go that route. I don't know if he, I don't know if you can trust him. He's played two whole complete seasons. So then you trade him. They Somebody's going to pick him up. Two years of radio minutia talking about trading this guy. Keep him, trade him, keep him, trade him. They kept him, and he broke his leg the next day. Well, he did go in. One of the the one I can't blame and give him any heat at all. He went into the goal crease. I think it was in it might have been Montreal or Calgary, and snapped his leg in half. It was the most gruesome thing I've ever seen. So you know that that tends to ruin your hockey game a little. He, but every year it's something. He is not going to play at all in the finals in the no. Eastern Conference final. They, they don't even know where he's at. Well, they said he was last seen in Moose Jaw. He's he's he, got a lower body injury and. I don't know if they win the series, if he's going to play in the Stanley Cup. They haven't gotten that far, but he is definitely out for the series. I'll take him over the last three remaining teams. I, th- I think the Lightning are more talented. They've been to four of the last six Eastern Conference Finals. Don't. Again, they got Bright, uh, they got Trotsy as their coach, and he won a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. The I, God knows how the uh, Islanders pried him away from there, but Barry Trotz has put this team together. He's a phenomenal coach. And again, if you can slow down, it's going to be very difficult, but Mark Bar- Matt Bar is the key. You slow him down because you're going to see things. If you haven't watched them, people haven't watched enough of the Islanders, you're always going to notice when Matt Barzell is on the ice. It's going to be a very interesting series, and it starts tonight at 8. And how about Pierre Maguire? Top three voice play-by-play guys in hockey. Maybe the best ever. How about Doc Emmerich? I'm sorry, Pierre Maguire. Doc Emmerich. Oh, and the storytelling and all that. Well, Pierre's oh. great behind the glass. Pierre's great behind the Maybe the best uh, color guy down on the ice. Not colored color guy. I think, oh, I stop racial tag. Stop. I love people of all creeds. Um, yeah, Doc Emmerich, of course. Feathered, feathered along the near side. Now there's a shot wide along the board. And man, he just paints a picture. He's got a he? unique style. He's Very unique. Great and, stories. Yeah, and he doesn't use the old same cliche hockey cliches. Feathered along the near boards is beautiful. So Doc Emmerich, hall of freaking feathers. No right besides Foster Hewitt and Jiggs McDonald. Remember Jiggs on the Hockey Game of the Week? Big fat ass beard. Jiggs is, uh, and he might still be doing the uh, TV side for the Islanders, but he was during that heyday in the 80s. Uh, Jiggs was the uh, was a color the color guy, uh, no, the uh, play-by-play guy. Here's a name I know you'll know. My buddy Pharrell is great friends with him, and he's on his show throughout the uh, NHL season. Let's see if I and like him. That would be Stan Fischler. Of the course. The maven of yes. hockey in New York is a great friend of Pharrell's, and he calls him, obviously, Uncle Stan. Stan knows he knows his hockey. Everything and anything hockey. I think he was a writer for Daily News or New York Post or the Newsday, one of those uh, teams. But he's been around, same thing, like Jiggs McDonald. Sure. Uh, Fisher's been around for many, many years, decades and decades. I knew him from being in grade school. You know, you get the little book orders, you order your books, and anything Stan Fischler, I buy. Fabulous. Every hockey thing. And it, you know, that, that's my Pete Goenbach story. If, I read the Bronx Zoo. I read Balls, the Greg Nettle story. Gidry. If it said Pete Goenbach, I bought it. Uh-huh. And wind up being friends with the guy. Going out to dinner a couple times. Close friends. 
Help him through. You name dropping here. Your friendships with these. Yes. People go. Is it bizarre to grow up a little kid outside Chicago, fourth grade, and buy a guy's book, and 20 years later we're sitting there and he's kind of going, Sean, I gotta go through the divorce. It's killing me. goddammit. it. <laughs> He's a great guy, Pete. Now, he's, Pete been, he's written more books about the Yankees yep. than anyone in history. Everybody. And, uh, and I mean, seriously, he is above everybody else. Stories goes back. The Dodger days and oh. Koufax and Drysdale. And Pete came on our show. He would The first time he came on, he came on the, um, <clears throat> the phone lines on the Scott and Jake show. We had so much fun that we invited him in the studios, and he came in and just told stories, and it was great. He, he insisted on coming to the studio. Yeah, the old 1280, he, he insisted on coming down, and then we make a night of it because we got to dinner afterwards. Yeah. Great, and, great guy. He wrote a book called Seven. Now, I don't care if you're a Yankee fan or even a baseball fan. If you're a pop culture fan, it's Mickey Mantle's stories that he told Pete in real life, fictionally told to a sports writer in heaven. He talks about uh, a certain Marilyn Monroe that he had an encounter with. He talks about his feelings to DiMaggio, didn't care for him. No, he got all the inside info. And he this really is did. All stuff, kind of third person. So I met Pete at the Trop. They were having a reading night of some sort. They had a bunch of famous baseball writers. They had Roger Angel. Is that Bernard Rangel, who wrote Boys of Summer? Okay. I bought his book, not Pete's. And he goes, <laughs> so I, I had the, the copy of the book, Seven, and he could see it said Pelican Cove Library. I stole it from where I work. He goes, wait a minute. You didn't even buy my book. You bought goddamn Angle's Boys of Summer. So he writes in there, this is the best book signing of treasures for the rest of my life. It says, to Ozzy, thanks for stealing my book. Mickey would have approved. Yours truly. Pete going by. I love Mickey it. would have approved. Mickey Mantle was a tortured man. Tortured guy. A lot like Joe Namath. Not as tortured, but just the pressure of New York City turned you to the top. Look, well, it was the injury as well. This is a guy who uh, can run like a, a win, like Willie Mays. He, almost a six-tool player. I mean, just, you know, he had all these injuries out in center field running on a, a drain pipe or something, a drainage area of, of uh, Roman Yankee Stadium, which had the, at the time, the biggest outfield in, in center field, not left field or right field, but center field in, I, what was it, 460 to dead center? It was 900 feet. 980 yards. You ever seen the, the outline of the old polo, polo grounds? Huge, it was a pol- yeah, humongous. It was a football. Field. Well, that's isn't that where Willie Mays made what was considered at the time the greatest catch in the history of you know running uh, backwards and catching yeah. the ball over his head in deep center. That is a catch, man. Because that's all run anywhere else. A blind catch. That catch and the one that my buddy Dave Howard from Sarasota hit that Jim Edmonds just dove blindly. Yeah, 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 yeah. How well, do you do that? That was one, and and of course the famous Ron Sabota literally laying out and catching at the peak of his dive, oh. an inch from the ground. You ever make catches like that? I I prided my defense more than my offense as a baseball oh, no, player. No, I was great at both. I was great at both too, but my defense shined. I was, you know, I could have went pro, but the co- coach had it in for me. And then I had this trick knee, you know. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Everybody could have went pro. I was but, great but, in little league. If you were great in little league, when were you great? Wiffle ball. What happened? I think they canceled the golf, Jake. I think the golf. We're going to go to World Poker. What do you mean they canceled? What time is it? The golf. No, we'll get to it. Go to NBC then. How about the U.S. Open? You know, we, we I, I get a lot I of calls. I cannot wait. I get a lot of calls regarding our lack of tennis talk. Don't care. <laughs> I am not talking. But I will talk. All right. Before I want to get to the golf, because uh, the Tour Championship, which is the top 30 FedEx, uh, however they figure that out, I don't know. But You've got to fill me in, too. How and when does the Masters fit in? Because I love the idea of a fall Masters. Well, weather-wise, it will probably be the same as April and November as it is in November in Georgia. Is that, so I'm assuming is that what it is? I'm November? assuming that's yeah, it's in November. But uh, I'll tell you about the Tour Championship in a, in a second. I want to talk a little bit about the tennis because I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about it because um, a lot of people have opted out. Federer is out, uh, uh, Nadal is out, but Djokovic, who is you know a top tier player and a Hall of Famer down the road, yes, um, you didn't hear the situation that happened yesterday, do you? No, I don't. I'm not that much into the. Well, all right, you, got, you got to YouTube it because Djokovic, being the top ranked player, really as far as notable, and even though there's no fans there, if you're going to watch on TV, he's yes. the guy you want to watch. He's a great player, and he's emotional. He's kind of like a macro in a way, you know, get pissy on the uh, on the court. Well, he had an incident yesterday where he was a little frustrated with himself. And he took the ball afterwards, and this. and he just 
he lobbed it up and kind of gave it a smack. Hit the judge. You know, and it hit, not the judge, one of the, um, maybe maybe it was a line judge or one of the ball person, woman. They and turned a frown on that. And it hit, she wasn't looking, and the ball hit her right in the neck. And as soon as he, you know, he just kind of flicked it. It wasn't in done in anger where he ripped the ball or anything. He kind of flobbed it up. He wasn't looking. He just kind of flipped it towards the uh, back of the uh, area where they where the fans would be. And there's this, a woman there and hits her in the neck. And as soon as he hits her, he goes, you could see him go, oh, my God. He puts his hand to his mouth, and he's like pointing. Are you okay? And he goes over there. They end up disqualifying him, and I, I don't know if it's fact, and I don't know. I don't feel like looking it up. But my my son said they find, or my friend said they find two hundred fifty thousand for the incident. And I am telling you, I don't know what the rules are, but it wasn't done in anger. It was done more in frustration. He didn't mean to hit anybody. He wasn't looking. He was kind of like flicking his racket yeah. with the ball on it. And um, that was it. So the, your number one player now, Federer's gone, Nadal's gone because they all opted out. He was the leading player, and now he's out because he he's hit a done. goal. So it, they did a disservice, I, I think unfair to him because it wasn't done purposely. You want to find him okay. You want to disqualify him for that game, that's fine. But disqualify him for the rest of the uh, U.S. Open, dumb move, and now they got nobody. What is it? I mean, it's just a tennis ball. How right. hard can it hit? Well, if, if he racks it, you know. I know he didn't hit it uh, his 130-mile-an-hour serve way, but it comes at you and hits you in the square in the neck. You're going to go down. Would we, did we, will we ever see the glory days of, like, a bitch and McEnroe against Borg? No, is that no, – I don't think we'll ever see well, that they, well, no, well, those are the great well, – Oh, those were great. You didn't well, were, be a tennis fan at all. Well, you had the calm guy against the crazy guy, and then when you had Connors and McEnroe going oh. at it, they, you got two crazies. You got two – one's an asshole, one's a dick. And I loved them. I, I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't like Connors when he was younger. I wanted McEnroe. But when Connors got older and he was like kind of surging, even though he didn't have enough to win it all, but he was, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, what's a great player now? Is a, you know, Tiger. It's like Tiger in his 40s now, if he makes it to the final day and all that, that's what Connors was like. But I always liked Tiger. But Connors, as he got older, I developed a, a, a like for him. Plus, he played, uh, Jimmy played with the wooden racket forever, didn't he? Well, they all did. I mean, when Macaron was playing in his heyday, they were all beyond Borg. Was I mean, they were all Borg. Borg never, never strayed from the uh, cat gut. I mean, now they're hitting. These guys are hitting what 140 mile an hour serves. Yeah, I kind of lost it right around uh, Pete Sampras. It's just well, Sampras and Agassi were two. You know, Agassi was more Agassi the married that dude. The dude. He married that guy. That no, he married. Player. He married what's her name? Steph. Um, Stephen. Uh, What's his name? The woman. Steve great Graf. player. Steffi Graf. Wait, that's a good hey, They're yeah. still married and they have kids and the whole thing. I think it's a great story. Don't make fun of it. Steffi was not manly. She was a, you know, she maybe not beautiful, but there was something else. Stop. That's what I'm reading. Just stop. <laughs> I mean, this is, what, what are you watching, uh, these theories? Uh, 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 or theory, the conspiracy theories? Jake. That's why we love golf. If, if you're scoring at home, Xander Schaufel. Seven under. He's sat in the shade off the fairway about a foot in a couldn't be more beautiful, pristine condition. Yeah. That is why you love golf. Now, man. if you turn on I would golf, stop the show immediately, flip the, all this crap over just to make take the shot right there. If you ever watch golf for six months, a year or so, like that, there are guys that yes, or or if you're just a casual once in a while golfer, uh-huh. you're not going to believe how many good young players you've never heard of. Now, I've heard of uh, Xander Shoffley because I watch every week, but for the average golfer fan who just watches casually, you're going to say, "Who the hell is he? That's He's right. a great player." This I'll is, say, uh, let's see, it's about uh, three foot from the stick. He was about 150 yards. They're, they're unbelievable. Uh, guys like Aram, who was the number two player behind Dustin Johnson, winning one of the most incredible fashions last week with Dustin Johnson head-to-head. It was just like a miracle to watch. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. These are guys you're saying, who's Rom? Why is the number two player in the world? That's how great he is. Daniel Berger. Uh, I'm, I'm throwing out names, and you're thinking, who the hell are these guys? They're great, let me tell you. Day in and day out. So they have a, a spew of young players out there. And guys like Justin Thomas also has been around a little more than these other players who had a rough stretch and is now, again, a top 10 player. 
the ones who have fallen off, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, who was on fire. He was, what, he win like six uh, majors out of eight or something? I don't know if it's he that many. But for the last time. couple of years, he has lost it. He's out there in the tournaments. He's made, Sometimes he makes cuts, but when he makes cuts, he's not in the, in the uh, final pairings or the final top 20 pairings. He's just, he's, again, this is the golf. You're playing every week. It's I tough hear. to be consistent. Yeah, he's, he just qualified the David Duval Open in uh, Innsbruck. The David Duval Open. But the top 30 players make the, the FedEx Duval Open. Tour Championship. And David Duval had a run with Tiger for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, and, then and then he fell, fell off, off the, the face of the yeah. earth. He was quoted, Duval. Here's some uh, exclusive audio I got from him after his last round where he shot like 130. I, he wasn't even playing Zeppelin. But here was his. He said Ronda Cincinnati. That was a, that was a I think he had joke. some back problems. And he also had bulked up. Uh, and I think between right. that and his jacked back his problems, swing all up. hold up. Don't get jacked up. So it's not good. Um, what is happening here now? The tour championship, which is the top FedEx 30 players. Listen, I have no idea the calculations. Kind of like OPS in baseball, and generally the tour championship is the last one of the season that decides who wins the whole Megilla. Where does the Masters then fit in? Is that the final? I have no, I'm no, I, I don't know. I, I don't care. I, just, I don't know. I don't care. I just want to you see him play. Why do you watch it? It's like Kentucky Derby, which I forgot was even on and didn't know the winner until Sunday, and it wasn't Tis the Law, who was going to be the Triple Crown winner, but I forgot all about it on Saturday. How are they have figuring the Triple Crown? The first two have already been run. No, they only had one run. What, what hasn't been run yet? The Belmont? Uh, I think the Belmont was the first one, the long one. I think the Preakness is the last one. How creepy was it to see an empty... Uh, it's weird. Well, I didn't see it. So I did. I just know who won. Authentic. <laughs> we, uh, but let me get back to okay, I'm, sorry, I'm losing my thing on tour championships. I'm so a little they, dyslexic. So I have no idea how the FedEx gets there. But you see it during the season. They're giving points to this and that. I guess you have to win a certain amount or place in it. But Dustin Johnson was number one. Uh, uh, Rom was number two. And so on and so forth. I think Justin Thomas was number three. And what happens is the top 30 play event, Labor Day weekend, starts on Friday, ends on Monday, which is today. Yes. And this is how it starts. With your minus, like just Dustin Johnson being the number one player was minus ten. He starts off the thing minus ten. Rom was minus, uh, I think, uh, maybe he was, yeah, ten, and I think Rom was minus eight. Justin Thomas was maybe seven or six, and so on and so forth. So guys are playing handicap where they're way behind. So this is what makes it so interesting because after one day, uh, Dustin Thomas could have shot a seventy-five, and one guy shots a sixty-four, and he's now you know two they, strokes behind. They handicap for the championship. Yes. I didn't know that. That's how you base. That's why they want the FedEx top thirty players. The top player is fighting for that, you know, minus ten to start with. But come, that's kind of bullshit. No, but if you watch it, it's unbelievable because you. Well, Well, why are you and I in it? Dustin Johnson is playing out of his mind. He's leading, and it just started the fourth round today. You and I are at minus one hundred and thirty-eight, but with the handicapper one behind Tiger. He's minus two, uh, two holes in today. Uh, Xander Shoffley uh, threw uh, two holes because he's playing head-to-head with him. It was minus one, so he's now at minus 15. He's four behind. Now, Shoffley could have started on Thursday or Friday when the when this championship started. He I, Maybe he was minus three, minus four. I don't know. So he is caught up ground. So that's what makes it so to interesting. To my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, the FedEx is in addition to the PGA Championship overall t- or winner, correct? I don't know if it's considered a it's afterwards. They, uh, if in a normal year they play the four majors, and then they're, I think on the last one is the Players Championship, and they determine the player of the year, so to speak, who's won the made, who's won the most points during that season, and then they go on to the FedEx Cup. All right. I, I honestly, what's all the, I, uh, the all wooden, I know, what's the wooden things they put the ball on and hit them off? What the are tea? those? I don't know what those a are. Tea. I thought they were toothpicks. It's a T. No, I love All that. I know is the Masters is the first in April. That's where it normally is. And then from that, U.S. Open, I think um, it, um, the British Open is in uh, the first week of July, I think, right around July 4th, that weekend or the weekend after. That hasn't been played either, has it? Uh, no, that has not been played are either. Are making that up? I don't know. God damn it, Jake. I, I don't know. know. And I don't feel like Googling it. I don't, don't care. Google it. Don't All Google I know it. is if you get a chance, if you're listening, well, they won't be. Well, you, you, the, the tour championship will be over by the time you hear this. this but for next year, you have to watch the FedEx Cup tour championship game. This would be a round. great question for the lovely Emma, your wife. What is the weather like? Say they were to play in October or November. In Trouble. 
Real trouble. Yeah. Isn't it wintertime? I, well, it's, it's nasty. It's, it's fall-like weather, but it's also going to be very rainy. Oh, shit. It's, I remember watching a from Carnoussie or whatever, Scotland, 80-mile-an-hour winds on the fairway. 80-mile-an-hour winds? Well, it's, it's kind of— How do you play in that? Well, it, they, they adjust. They're, they're pros. Adjust? They lose three people around. I mean, deaths. They well, fall off the cliff. They're also playing in a Lynx course. It's a much different than what we play here. If you had never played a Lynx course, it's basically— I Imagine a golf course that's been abandoned for about two years, and it dies, uh-huh. and they flatten it out yeah, and they play on it. Yeah, and it, So there's no drive. You just roll the ball. It's a lot of dirt uh, or low grass and patch. Yeah. The if you don't hit in the fairways, you can be in uh, grass that is twenty feet high. There's bunkers that were left over from World War II bombing raids. You're basically thirty feet deep. You got to take a ladder into it. You're you can't see over the bunkers, so okay. you have no idea where the holes are. Men die coming out. A lot of the guy. I remember Tiger one year. He played the whole course with our, he was teeing up with irons because he just wanted it low line drives and let it roll yeah. instead of using its driver. And he he. Beat up on the course. He was so freaking good. This is when he was in his heyday. He was brilliant. That goes to show you. If you're a golfer, if you can play uh, Augusta, Augusta is absolutely pristine. There's not a blade of grass out of place. And, and, the, and the greens are sick. Perfect. Everything is perfect. The greens are impossible. They're impossible. But then to go from that, the pristine, to the most obnoxious dead grass, 40-foot bunkers, 20-foot uh, grass, 80-mile-an-hour uh, 30 mile an hour, or 30 degrees, 80-mile-an-hour winds, and still be able to win yeah. at that level? You're on another planet. You're usually on the water also, so that's where the wind comes in. It's oh. kind of like pe- playing Pebble Beach. If you know, I've never played there. I have walked it. Oh, you never played it? I I'll never played it. Sometime. 600 bucks around, then you got to stay a night, which is $1,000 for a hotel. $1,600, that's for one person. You stay right? over Jack's house. <laughs> I'll tell you, Jack and I were on 18. So the, the... He's all you know, hammered on cranberry and stolies. I said, Nicholas... You know, give up the golf game. Maybe, how come Palmer has a drink and you don't, Jack? He said, who the hell are you, and how did you get into my cart? (laughs) Pebble Beach is the same because it's done on the Pacific. You could have days that the winds are whipping up at 25, 30 miles an hour, which are, if you've never played golf at all if you if you just imagine if you have played golf even on their 15 or 10 mile an hour winds your whole game is adjusted depending on where it's going if it's coming in at you you're dead if it's with you you get the extra yardage pebble beach is a monster of a course and it is again incredibly difficult but dustin johnson number one golfer on his way today now at minus 25 Five ahead of uh, Brent, uh, Xander Shoffley is just out of control with his. I'm watching well, the, his putting. It's for these guys. You know they could all hit it out of the rough. They could all hit it out of the bunkers. It's all about putting. Right. And Dustin Johnson is just nailing it from every every distance. He got his start a big win at the Masters, and that put him on the map. And you really never heard from him a whole lot. He was always in the mix, but you. How many majors has he won since his first match? It's, it's only majors he's won, but he's won 22 times or 23 times on the tour. Sure. But he's, so watch he's this big, shot. This is you or I. Watch this shot. No, no, no. I saw it. It's a replay. He, he dumps he, it in the... He dumps it. This is anybody golfing USA. Yeah. Are we going to show the lip? Oh, God. Is it that happens. It happens. Yeah, but I do it six times in a row, and then I Here's, just say, fucking, he, he, I break he, the club over your head. Stop cursing. Sorry, I'm Here's why I, um, I I give a lot of credit when our oh. when fans are at the uh, PGA um, events, any of them. And Definitely. if you've never seen a professional play, this is more than baseball because I played you know competitive baseball. I hit 90 mile an hour fastballs. I get all that. It went as, pro, yada yada yada. As a golfer, though. If you, unless you watch these, and you can play golfers here who are you know uh, uh, you know play scratch golf three uh, you know my, uh, plus two plus three, watching these professionals, it's another level above them. They because they play on the hardest courses in the world. The ball has an extra three or four giddy ups on it. It just to hit the ball three hundred and thirty yards on your drive and straight, and it's everything. How they hit the ball out of the rough? Forget traps out oh. of the grass that is, you know, two inches thick, and the ball's dug down. These guys are phenomenal. But once in a while, they do duff it. To me. I can never understand the guys lining up at the tee. All the fans are all... I mean, they're oh, right geez. there. What a, you, I've never seen them duff it. But I, I would imagine, break a jaw once around. You're dead. If the I ball, crush somebody in the side of his skull like three feet to the right of me. That's how bad of a shanker I'll hit it. I, I don't know how, because they have them lined up probably 40, 50 yards right down. To within. me, that's a safety issue. They it's, need to back those people ex- off. Absolutely. They Maybe not. put the nets like a baseball. Have a net on your side. It's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. That's why we got nets in hockey. It happened one, you know, do, death and boom. Do you remember, it was about 15 years ago or so, Phil Nicholson cruising on a Sunday 
it wasn't the uh, Masters, but I think it was a PJ Championship. He shanked it so far off the tee, it landed on the roof of the clubhouse, and the cooks were out there wondering what bounced off the top of the of the fryer. I, I, I mean, that's how bad he shanked it. And had someone had been standing there, they could have been injured. I have no idea. Look, I don't have the guts to lie. As great as they are, I'm behind them when they're teeing off. I am not down the sidelines. So freaking mentally unstable to be able to hit a shot with 300 people. On. I wouldn't be worried about the hook. It would be the shank. I shank an old lady in the head. She's down. I, I don't know which, but they, you I know. I go in my cart and just get the hell out of there. I mean, when they miss hit the ball, they're still hitting the ball 300 yards. It might be to the right and into the rush. It might be in the trees. Post? What is going on? Is there a new scoring game? They're That's showing. the second time I've seen a field goal post in a, a golf analogy. It's, an, an, it's an, an analogy or whatever it is. They're showing you the straightness and where the, the direction that they're shooting for. All right. That's enough golf for the next three years. All right, I'll let's... segue that field goal post into this. Let's do With it. the dream team now in place in Tampa. I said it, and the lovely L squared is clairvoyant, and she knows her football. She says, I don't like that Matt Gay kicker. I do not like him. I said, honey, he started the season off rough. He lost the game against the, the Niners opening day with a, a bad kick. Last year, you're talking Last about. Last year, but he got it together. He had a bunch of 50-plus 50, 50 field goals. He was great at those, I think he was... but he finished the season horrible. He lost maybe two games at the yeah. end of the season, and with the all the chips being pushed in, they go out and get four net. I mean, it's a dream team now. It's a dream team. They said, we can't take any chances. And from what I get from the Joe Buck fan guys and the Bucks report guys, Matt Gay looked horrible in camp, in practice, Jake. So you got to well, go. Remember, he was a draft pick last year for the Bucks, came in high end. He hit, I think he was, he, I know his percentage was 77%. I think it was 27 of 35. But he also averaged. Um, one miss on extra points out of every 10, which is a no-go. That's no-go. He also had a lower percentage of field goal. Uh, of, yeah, 77. Of lower than Roberto Aguayo, who's the biggest bust in uh, Fox history because of his draft. It's number two status. So they bring in Ryan Suckup. Which I kind of find funny because every single kicker has been a F-up. So they said, screw it. We've had every F-up. Now let's sign a Suckup. But the guy's a veteran. And he's he's got the job now. Spelled C C S U C C U P suck up. He's from Tennessee. He was originally his mate. I, I think he's been five six game? He's a six two south. Murray David. He's in the dating. He's long walks on the beach. Hey, let put your hand together, Ryan. Suck up. Come on, out, Ryan. Started his NFL career in two thousand nine. So he's been around for eleven years. And he had his heyday with Tennessee and did a good job until last year when he was injured and he went one of six and they cut him. Well, the problem the problem was going to be this. What if it's sixteen to fourteen? With uh, 30 seconds to go in New Orleans on opening day, and Matt Gay comes in and shanks it. Well, he's gone. It's, I, that's not, it wasn't going to happen. No, he's gone. That was not even going to be an option. I don't know if they kept him on the practice squad or they just said see ya. Probably said see ya. I uh, had my NFL, I had my pre uh fantasy football draft yesterday at uh, Hooters, Jake. And let me tell you something. We, the, for the last three years, we did it manually. Dude, what, what the hell is wrong with you, Cody Rogers? It's such a freaking nightmare. You do it over the phone, and it has the best available players. You don't need magazines and all. Greg's got all this shit. He's got everything. If you don't have, by the 12th pick, by your 12th selection, you don't know what's going on. You're 48 pitchers in. Guys are all over the room now. Your phone, you just click. It took an hour and a half. We were late. My first seven picks were on the way there. I have a beautiful team. And then my phone went dead. Guess what? It picked the best available player for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but let me tell you You know I won't play fantasy football. I, I know, but if you knew how easy it was, you might... You, no, it's not that easy. It's free. I don't want to root for anybody what? that this I don't want to root free. for. I, I, just, I give you that, too, because if I got a player going against yeah, the Bucs, I, can't I didn't it. touch a Buccaneer. But, but let's... As we, I mean, we've done almost an hour worth of the no holds barred with Ozzy and Jake on this Labor Day Monday. If you're listening on a Wednesday, that's what we're. That's the day we're doing it, September the seventh. Right. Let's. We're ending it on the Bucks talk because it is big here, and he, despite the season and all the questions with COVID nineteen, kicks off Thursday night. Buddy. The hypeness is amazing. Oh. They're going to be on national TV a lot. You got Brady, you got Kronkowski. You picked up uh, Lashawn McCoy at, at running back, and now you get Leonard Fournette. Now. 
Jacksonville, which, you know, each year you think they're going to improve. They got a good defense. They went for, they thought you had your quarterback in Bortles. You cut him. You Minshew. pick up Foles. You get rid of him. You got, uh, what's his name now? Minshew. The Red Minshew Man. now quarterbacking. But Fournette is 25 years old. The stud with LSU, you let him go, and the Bucks pick him up, which is phenomenal. But is there something wrong with Fournette when he had his best year last year? Oh, 1,150 uh, uh, yards and 76 receptions. I think he may be a head case, but if we can get a year out of him, who knows? How about this one, Jake? It's a stud. As, as they went from, I was very, very questionable when they didn't take a running back in round two, and they took uh, Winfield, the kid out of uh, Minnesota, the safety, who's not had a good camp. Neither one of uh, Gopher Greg's ga- uh, Gophers have had a very outstanding camp. The wide receiver, Tyler uh, Johnson, and it. the number two pick, Winfield, the safety. Give it time. I know, give it time. Give it time. It's safety I've seen much, the Winfield kid in action. Much He's more, a hammer over the middle. It was safety much more, uh, much tougher than a, a playing receiver to so me. The, they got a Ryan suck up. I was not signed. I was not pleased at all that they were going into the season with Ronald Jones as your starter. The guy's had one 100-yard game in his career. You can't bank on that. You can't hope and dream on that. So they got the two little guys Great. out of uh, – Keyshawn Vaughn out of Gloria Vanderbilt. Who who knows if he makes the team now? I guess Dari Ubin Gagagagagagway is no longer on the team, but he was a special teams guy. We didn't need him. So they are loaded at running back. McCoy will be a situational back. Fournette will probably Fournette and Jones will get the split of the carries. I don't uh, know how he is out of the backfield. Twenty-five years old, six feet, two hundred thirty pounds. He's a monster. If he is healthy, and if he has to drive, and I, look. The Bucks with Jameis, Jameis is very enthusiastic, but he didn't get in your face. Right. Brady will. Brady will get it in your face. These and guys do not want to let now, down the goat. And if Four- you let down the goat, you're not going to get the ball. At 25 years old, and Fournette, again, great talent. If he's healthy, this is a remarkable and brilliant pickup and a no-brainer for the Buccaneers. And it just goes to show you, Jake, it speaks to this. When you got a winning fr- a football team or the, the makings of one and you a guy to- like Brady— Everybody wants Everybody. on board. Do you really think, and it's nothing against Jameis personally, if they re-signed Jameis, this would, I guarantee you Sue would have went to the Cowboys. I guarantee you Jean-Pierre Paul would have probably th- looked for greener pastures. They would have not flocked to Tampa Bay like they are now. It's a, a dream team scenario. It's almost like a LeBron James situation it, they got going on up there. But here's my only question, Jake. With no preseason, we talked about last week, but before the tape was uh, irrevocably damaged by uh, gross incompetence by myself. It's all about keeping that offensive line healthy, buddy. It's all about keeping that offensive line healthy. And with no preseason, you go from practice speed to NFL game speed, you're going to get pulled hammies, pulled shoulders, pulled everything. It's a whole different ball game now. Guys are going to be smacked like they haven't been smacked in practice. So depth is everything. Depth is everything. Yes. You know, I took yesterday, thinking of you, I took Le'Veon Bell. I think he's going to bounce back into a big season. They say he's going to get a lot of touches out of the back. Here, here's my thing, and I love, look, Le'Veon Bell for a five-year period, young kid. He was a, the best rusher and he's the best runner in NFL two years ago. Nobody knew how to find holes like him. He would wait, be very patient, then hit him like bump yeah. a dart. Who was her top pick? Was a, a offensive lineman, so he's only going to be better. Their offensive line last year was horrendous. So they restructured the entire offense, made their number one pick, the six seven Beck uh, Bechtel, I think his name yeah. is, so just a, which a is boost. a two, three hundred and seventy pound beast with quick feet and all that Make stuff. Your quarterback so much better, and they went with, and he's going to be basically saving uh, uh, Darnold's life. Hope, you know, hopefully, he won't get to that position, but. That's his job to save his life. And then they restructured with free agent pickups and signings and stuff like that for the offensive line. So the, with an offensive line more so than any position in any part or any um, uh, area, like defensive line, uh, receiving core, secondary core, the offensive line is the most important, and you have to have time together to really get your act and be in sync. And that's my only fear that Le'Veon Bell will not have that opportunity. I don't know how he completely lost it because he was the, one of the top rushers in football when he sat that offensive year out. Offensive line. Offensive line, but the offensive line's better now. I took a flyer on him, man. I think he's going to have a, a bounce-back season. I think the Jets are going to surprise a lot of people, and that's just not because you're my buddy and I'm a, I'm it's all, a again, for you. I think they're a team on the rise. When you have a young, uh, an offensive line that's been put together with the young stud on the uh, protecting him on the left side, if their offensive line is as good as their signings are because it's up to their uh, McDougal, their uh, general manager, who went out there and signed these players to restructure because he knew what he got from the year before. So often, that's why they always say it's it's in the uh, trenches, just, your offense and your defensive line. That's the key. With no preseason football, it's going to be very interesting to see. We'll quickly run down the Bucks schedule. The primetime games just are unbelievable. A 4 o'clock is the game of the week opening day, a Braves-Breedy matchup. 
Then they come back home against the Panthers. We'll see how the Panthers look with a totally different team. They still have Christian McCaffrey. It's a bitch. Greg got him in the draft. How funny is it? I didn't, Don't talk to me about fantasy. How about the – well, how about reality? The domination of NFL players are African-American guys. Yet maybe the best player is a short little white guy. Well, he, my, All he does is get it done. He is amazing. He's he like, is freaking my, unreal. My, one of my favorite players, uh, and he really was – uh, a great addition to the Patriots and Tom Brady when they picked up the kind of slot receiver in Wes Welker. Sure. And that's what, even though McCaffrey's a running back, but he plays kind of a slot receiver as well, where Wes Welker was a slot receiver. But their ability to get into the field and make people miss was amazing. He's like a water bug. And yeah. the, when they took him in the first round, I thought, the kid from Stanford, the little guy? He is amazing. He is unbelievable. His father, with a gigantic arms, played, played for the Broncos. And the Giants. And the Giants. All right, then they go to game three. They'll go out to uh, Denver for a 4 o'clock tilt. Then they're home against the Chargers. There's where it gets interesting. And 8 o'clock, I think this is either Monday night or Thursday night against the Bears. Could be a Sunday night. Then at 4 o'clock in Tampa against Aaron freaking Rodgers against Brady. These are freaking games that the network is just openly pleasuring themselves to in New York, Jake. Openly at sales calls. Then they go... Oh, how about out to Las Vegas to play Chucky and the Raiders? Which I could have went to. Thank you, China. Uh, then they go to New York for an 8 o'clock tip. New York, Brady against the Giants in New York. Are you kidding me? That thing is going to be the hyped up. That's a Monday Night Football, I believe. I just had the date, not the uh, day. And then they follow that one up with an 8 o'clock against the Saints in Tampa Bay. We're going to put the second beat down on Sean Payton, punk ass. I don't mind the Saints. I don't like their coach. He's a dick. So you're, I mean, you're going through the schedule. Just give me what you think they're going to be this year. I'll go 11 and 5. T- uh, 12 and 4. I don't think they're going to lose five games. Uh, it, it, if their defense is consistent, they're going to win 11 games. I think if they're question marks, they'll win 10. So I'll go 10 well, and 6. They were number one against the run last year. That's because they're, they're being thrown, it all back. That's because they were being thrown all over the place. Uh, their defensive secondary got better each week, and their the the d- two sets of corners actually knocked more, down more balls than a party at Rock Hudson's. No, they knocked down more balls than any younger secondary in the NFL. I mean, it's not a lot to hang your hat on, but it's better than a cup of rice and a kick in the sack. How about this one, Jake Jacobson? A four o'clock uh, day. This is the week of Thanksgiving. I have to come over to your house for this one. <laughs> Who knows where I'll be? Go ahead. The Super Bowl champions and Pat Mahomes come calling for a 4 o'clock tilt and a frosty cold 4 o'clock kickoff at Ray J. Oh, heavens to Betsy. This is the season that I've been waiting for. Because when the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl, nobody had them winning that Super Bowl. They went in as a good team. They went in as a favorite, as a, you know, a lot of people have them winning the NFC South. It was Gruden year one. They got rid of Dungy because he couldn't get it done. Nobody had them win. Mid-season, they still weren't the Super Bowl favorites. They got hot going into the playoffs, and they won it all. I'm not saying they're Super Bowl bound or bust, but it's NFC Championship or bust for me. Anything uh, short of that, I'm going to uh, be Stop. It's stop. all in. I get it. And I, I share your enthusiasm. And, yes, I think they have the they're potential. Than these teams. But you got to – let's – without – I have no idea without preseason. I have no expect. Uh, yes, I expect them to be good just because I know they have talent. But I have no idea how they're going to gel at the beginning of the season. Maybe they get into a little bit of a hole. How will they come out of it? How is Brady going to handle a little bit of uh, dysfunction if that happens? If they lose a couple of games early, let's say they're two and two. You want to hear a great point? This is why my girlfriend's the smartest girl ever. Maybe besides your lovely wife. Thank you. A and two. A and B. She says, well, how's Brady going to do without, no offense, the cream puff two games against the Jets and the cream puff two games against Miami? That's four games a year he pretty much waltz through. Wait, Bucks don't have two games against... Tom Brady did his whole career. Oh, okay. He doesn't have four cream puffs. Now, truth be told, the Jets will take, had a, would probably take down the Patriots well, this year. Well, the Jets went to two uh, AFC championships in a row with uh, Mark Sanchez in 2009 and 2010. So I said no offense, but of late, it's been uh, and, uh, no. uh, skunking. The Belichick and Brady have done a number on the Jets over well, the Well, the Dolphins did beat him the final game of the season last year, but there was nobody on the field for the Patriots. But, then again, look, but the that's pa- four games that he didn't really have to sweat. That's a lot. I don't buy all that. Yeah, look, he's a great Lying player. On you, liar! It, it, He's going to come in here and No, but you have to understand, it doesn't come down to that. It comes down, what have you done for me in the playoffs? And what he has done, he's won six Super Bowls. That's So no, you can what? take the Jets what? out of the play. You can take, They had to play the best teams I in know. the AFC I to get there. I'm talking about they, regular season wear and tear on the tires. 
Speaking of wear, no wear and tear on the tires, what an absolute brilliant. I said last year Ryan Tannehill is going to be available. Anybody can sign him. And I was told, sit down, shut up. You're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. And we see he took, Tennessee. with the help of Derrick Henry, got a game from the Super Bowl at a very low price. And he's, now he's a rich man. It's incredible. Josh Rosen, who was basically jettisoned out of uh, – uh, Arizona, Arizona for, with a one year, he got the crap beat out of him, but, but he hasn't played since. Kyrie Murray uh, came. They drafted him after making Josh uh, Rosen the tenth pick in the draft. I he was never given any time, and now let enough looks. He was phenomenal to, in college. Sent to Miami, horrible team there, horrible and team. they and they bring in Fitzpatrick, and right. Rosen is shipped off, which I think is a great move. The Bucks pick him up, a former first round pick. The kid had all the upside in the world, and I think it. It benefits him to see the NFL game for three years. He knows what it looks like now. He knows his game well, speed. And to train behind a guy like Brady, I think it's beautiful. Here, here's what I heard uh, from the coaching staff at Miami, that he had the best arm in camp. Anti-Semitic? No, he's Jewish. I know that's why the reason why he's thinking no. he's out of town. I don't hear there's a lot of Jews in Miami. I think the owner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will have, almost have as many as New York in one freaking day. Minka Kelly, the bitch whose uh, husband played on the Bucks. She got it all hot and bothered and went on an anti-Semitic rant about the Dolphins. Shut your mouth. Who cares? So I think they said the biggest problem was was him, which for every quarterback, it's kind of like putting. These guys, most of them have the arm. It's the processing of reading defenses. The better you can read defense, and you can prepare. Some guys can prepare and prepare. It's like me with learning lines, and that's why I gave up acting because it was so hard for me to learn lines. The defenses... The offenses are so um, diverse and so, uh, uh, you know. Are you making the suggestion that a young Jewish man would not be able to process Well, it? that's what they said. He, he, he had trouble processing. Racism, racism has been called at 12, 252 on Labor Day. Not every. I said Jay, Josh Freeman sucked and I was called everything but uh, David Duke. Over. Jo- jo- just be. How here, dare you? This is. This is. Goyim on Goyim crime. Not every Jewish person is smart. Not everyone is nice. And not everyone is rich. All right? So Josh Rosen, although has the arm and the talent, as a lot of guys do in the NFL, it's about knowing the offense and reading the defenses. And that's something that he's got Brady. Who better to have than Brady teaching you for a year or two? This is. Well, it, I, it, I stand corrected because there's a long line of successful football Jewish players in the NFL. I mean, a long line of them. Sid Glickman. Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Hava Nagila. There you go. And you know, right. I played Hava Nagila. I told you on Facebook at the 5 o'clock club because some friends of mine showed up. And I didn't. Uh, you, you know her. I won't mention any names. I won't mention names. I played Hava Nagila. And they got a kick out of it. Your former, uh, your former sports co-host? No, no, no. Because she's Jewish, too. She was Jewish, yes. wasn't she? Yes. Um, oh, that's right. She would have the Passover. The chopped liver is disgusting. I don't. See I love you, chopped liver. I don't see how you people, it's, it's not as good people as people eat that. Well, do you have pate? Pate is a smoother version of chopped liver. And I think one, Edit that. One's Edit with chicken. That. I think pate is made uh, with duck well, fat. Oh, come on. I duck love fat. it. You know, there's meat on the duck also. You can eat the meat. <laughs> Josh Rosen's a gigantic pickup. It's I don't a nice pickup. It's a good pickup because he's 24, 25 years old. And, and he's the man. They don't have to blow a number to- a high pick to get a quarterback now. Brady will be there to help him. I think Brady goes three years. I'm not going to make any judgment. Let's focus on this year. Let's get through this year. If, if, best case scenario, they're talking the first two games, no fans. Jerry Jones thinks he's getting 50000 opening day. Well, she, we just going to wear them up. Uh, well, you're talking about I, Texas. You're talking about... Well, we're going to uh, set them up in the upper. But you cannot have an unfair advantage. If there's no fans in New York, you can't have 50000 in Texas, I, I, can I, you? I don't know how the NFL is dealing with Is Goodell with in charge anymore? I have no, no... Well, he's getting $40 million a year he gets paid. Well, $40 million! Got some decisions on all this. When Holy... It, Game, the league starts on Thursday. They still don't have a decision whether each team's going to be able to have fans or not. I don't know. I just bull crap, and I, I just can't take it anymore, Jake. So. Th- Thursday night, Kansas City, Tennessee, Bucks, oh. four o'clock on Sunday against New what? Orleans, Jets at Buffalo at one o'clock, and there's your schedule. Need I ask you what you're doing on uh, opening day? You will be couch bound and down. Who do your Jets have? Just for a Bill, I just said argument. Bills one o'clock. Oh. So they got a division rival as well, and a uh, Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold game th- uh, top. As of last year, they split their uh, series Man, together. You know, I'm not just homering, but I look for a big year out of the Jets. I think they surprised. I a hope lot so. Of people. I hope so. I think they surprised a lot of people, and why wouldn't they? They you bolster that line. It's all about the line, baby. 
And why don't I pack up my bags and head the hell out of here? We've been gone way over the hour. We're at an hour and ten minutes. Not often do you get a game against Philly. Oh, you didn't hear? (laughs) Don't you dare. All right, there's our new closing music, Glass Onion. It's a little loud with the band and everything. Well, Jake, it's good to see you. Great to see you. you, Again, I apologize. And I apologize to all the listeners about the technical problems. But they're over and past us now, and we promise you. And Jake, if you have two minutes, we're going to take some pictures. Publicity we'll take quick pictures and I'm out of here. I, when you say two minutes, I don't want five. Loman! I'm going. He's making problems in here. She's I'm, got problems about your I'm car. going to the bathroom. I'm going to. Uh, right, Jake, great job on, on, on uh, 620. You're a pro. You're a pro's pro. Thanks, pal. I'm proud to call you my friend. And I'm proud to love you. Go take a minute, everybody. Put your hands together. A Beatles fan, a member of the Jewish faith, and an all around hell of an American. Were you a, uh, a veteran? No. Shalom. <laughs>